This is the Humerian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts for the well-being of yours. Okay, so interested today to learn a little bit more about Sandra Woodruff and her recent book, The Age Food Guide. Really sad, though, that I missed the actual interview. Absolutely. Um, But, I mean, I know that you're fully capable of handling things without me, or mostly capable. So love to have... Well, You never yeah. know what I'm going to do with the show while you're gone. We have found that out, I, I bet. Yes, I've learned that lesson the hard way. But yeah, so for our listeners, and also for myself, because mm-hmm. as I said, I wasn't able to join the interview, maybe give us the sort of 101 high-level uh, ideas in this book, and then we'll just jump right into the interview. Um, I think the most important thing that Sandra spent her time on is the idea of age not being age, because you always think it's age like older, mm-hmm. okay? It is literally means advanced glycation end products. Oh, A-G-E. But let's say Got some it. different terms. Let's say free radical damage. Let's say hydro, uh, hydrogenation. Um, those types of terms okay. are really yeah. what we're talking about. And I think she does a better job than I of explaining it. So let's move into <laughs> the interview I think she probably does. Perfect. Okay. This is Dr. Sean Benzinger with the Humerian Health Podcast. We're here today with Sandra Woodruff, who is a co-author of the book, Dr. Velocera's Ageless Diet. Uh, it's nice to have you with us, Sandra. Welcome to the program. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Now, you are a registered dietitian. You have a master's in nutrition and food sciences also, correct? That's correct. Okay. And was it Florida? Yes, I'm okay. in Florida. And that's where you had gotten your degrees at from, correct? Yes, Florida State, right. Okay, okay. so uh, tell me just a little bit of history, how you got put together with your co-author, Dr. Velocera, to come up with this book. And then we're going to talk about age what that means, the age, the food guide, uh, because it's from a different concept than a lot of books that have been written. So I'm very interested in kind of breaking this down for the listeners and go from there. Okay. Well, I first got interested in this topic in the 1980s. Um, I'm always reading what's new and coming up in the scientific literature. And and I read an article about these AGEs um, as being a missing link in in diabetes, you know, maybe something that people don't really know about. It's kind of like the missing link between diets high in red meat and diabetes, a mediator, and it really piqued my curiosity. So I started following this topic for the next, gosh, probably 20 years. Hmm. Um, and finally, I, I just couldn't believe that this had not been talked about more in the in the lay press or that it hadn't been picked up somewhere. And so I contacted Dr. Vasara and I said, you really need to write a book about this. And, uh, and the rest is history. She so, enlisted me to help her. So you were the instigator. Yes. <laughs> well, she, well, actually, she had, she had been thinking about it, right. but just hadn't really moved forward on it because she really did want to get the message out, you know, being... You know, being a a research scientist, you're working mostly in the medical community with other researchers and not getting that message out to the lay public that can use it the most in their daily lives. Okay. Now that the listeners have been waiting around like, okay, what is it? Age? What's that? So let's break it down. Uh, uh, Advanced glycation and products. Age. Right. It, right. Let's talk about mouthful. what that is and what you've learned about and how it relates to the body. Well, AGEs are there are a class of substances that are formed when sugars react with either proteins or lipids. It starts with a process called glycation, and a lot of people have heard of glycation. It's talked about in the context of 
aging skin and that sort of thing. So some people have heard about it. But these advanced glycation end products, the reason we need to know about them is that some of them are toxic. And furthermore, the way that we're exposed to them is mainly through our food supply. Isn't that amazing? You know, we do so well with food here in the States. And I'm being facetious, by the way. <laughs> so, so really, it all starts with sugar in hmm. latching on to either proteins or lipids. Um, this, this process does happen naturally inside the human body because we have a lot of sugar floating around and we also have proteins and lipids. And so they do mix and form in the human body, but at a much slower rate than what happens in food. They're much more prevalent in our food because when we cook, heat accelerates that process that forms AGEs. Okay. So now that sounds ominous because everybody's thinking about uh, sh- sugar, protein, and fat. That's kind of the what's involved in our daily diet. And now, okay, how do we plug in which ones are of concern and how do we apply them and how do we keep ourselves away from them, I guess. But let's talk about chronic disease just for uh, if, for, for instance. You talked about diabetes. Is uh, cancer, heart disease, things like that also related to inflammation? Yes. Uh, well, in fact, AGEs are key drivers of inflammation. And of course, inflammation underlies every chronic disease you can think of. So that's one reason why AGEs are such mediators of chronic disease. And in fact, the, the term advanced glycation end product or AGE was actually coined to remind us that AGEs are key drivers of the aging process. Okay. So now we got to put it together of what does that mean? Um, because when we talk about sugar, are we talking about high fructose corn syrup? Are we just talking about added sugars? Are we talking about natural sugars? And then we'll break down kind of like how do they come together and how does the heat process force this? Is it all sugars and fats? Uh, no, but it's many different kinds of sugars that can react with these proteins and lipids in foods. Um, some are more reactive than others. In fact, uh, fructose is about 10 times more reactive than glucose is. So you may have noticed if you've ever tried to use fructose as a sugar substitute mm-hmm. and you and you cook something like a bread or whatever and it's got a lot of fructose in it, you'll notice that the crust is very brown. Um, AGEs, they form via this... Uh, thing called the Maillard reaction. Anybody who knows about food science and these chefs, lots of chefs know about the Maillard reaction. It's the browning reaction that happens when you cook. Um, and so this browning is kind of an indicator that a food could be very high in AGEs, although not always. Would that mean that most all breads, is it basically you talked about dry heat, okay? Right. So right. you combine certain foods, and if mm-hmm. they have a high enough sugar content, uh, dry heat, such as, are you talking about electric stoves, uh, baking? Okay, dry heat means things like roasting, grilling, broiling, um, anything that has the absence of water, whereas moist heat would be stewing, poaching, uh, making soups, uh, braising, steaming, that sort of thing. Water inhibits the reaction. That's the reason why moist heat is such a great way to cook. Um, one thing I, I did want to point out is that um, it's, it's important to understand which foods are more prone to make AGEs than others, and that is animal foods that are high in protein and fat are much more likely to form large amounts, very large amounts of AGEs than plant foods are. Okay. And, and that's because, you know, you think meat doesn't have any sugar in it, right? right? Most people would think that meat naturally has no sugar, but inside muscle cells, 
you know, we've got very small amounts of sugar, such as glucose and fructose-6-phosphate, six, glucose ribose. These are things that are normally in our cells in minute quantities um, in, in all kinds of animal cells. And so these can react, even though it's tiny quantities, they react under heat with the proteins and lipids to form AGEs. Okay. And is it because of the, the way that meats are made up that forces this comparison to vegetarian-based type foods? Right. It's the, the chemical composition of meat, um, you know, the reactive sugars in the meat, the abundance of protein, the, um, of the abundance of fat in some cases. Um, it's, it's a very reactive situation when you apply dry heat to these kinds of foods. They rapidly form AGEs. I got you. Okay, so now let's go to the vegetarian end of it, let's say, or the veg. Yeah. Um, are we having then more issues or less issues with this glycation reaction, which accelerates. Is this free radical damage? Is that, I'm trying to come up with some terms that the listener uh, commonly would hear. Well, AGEs are oxidants, and so they do uh, generate free radicals in the body. That is part of the, the way that they cause tissue damage. Once we ingest these AGEs and they start circulating in our blood, um, there are many ways by which they can cause harm. Um, first and foremost is that they, they're key drivers in, of inflammation, and so that sets the stage for all kinds of chronic diseases. But they also do this thing called cross-linking, where they can latch onto proteins in the body and, and, and cross-link them, making um, tissues in our body become very stiff and brittle. And this is what we see with aging, you know, as your muscles become stiffer, your joints become stiffer, blood vessels become stiffer and harder, and therefore your blood pressure goes up. Um, all of this um, is in part due to AGEs and their cross-linking effect. Okay. And, and all right. So why is no one talking about it? Because that this is, is a, a really great book. Question. I mean, right when I saw it and I did a, a brief screen of it, I said, got to interview Sandra. I mean, we've got to at least expose this and start the process. But you don't hear anything about it. I mean, I, I've been I've done radio for 21 years. I've stopped for about 10 years. But the bottom line is, you're not seeing hardly anything. Now, hopefully, this is a new revolution. I mean, of course, uh, you had talked about Michael Moss's book um, before, where um, he ta started talking about fast foods and the effects of those and what drove those areas. And people read it, and they think it's interesting, but then they don't know how to apply it. Right. You know, and this brings up one other point about AGEs. And, you know, I talked about that browning reaction that the chefs love to use to enhance the flavor of recipes. Um, because AGEs, they add uh, beautiful brown color. They add intense flavors, intense aromas to foods. Just like sugar, salt, and fat, they entice us to overeat, which is, you know, part of why they contribute to this, you know, eating overdrive that a lot of people feel like they can't get out of. So there's one more problem with them. Absolutely. Now, is it because most fast food restaurants are pushing um, hamburgers, um, uh, French fries, things like this? Not French well, fries, yeah, these are Well, actually, French fries because of the oil. That's one thing we haven't talked uh, about. You okay. know, a, a lot of people, um, it's not just meat. It's also fatty foods like oils because when you process oils, they undergo dry heat. Um, you know, they're extracted. They're removed from their seeds. They're, they're exposed to air, heat, and light, all of which causes oxidation. That helps AGEs form in the oil. So, so some oils can be quite high in AGEs, and then when you fry with them, as in French fries, then those potatoes pick up the AGEs, and so you've got another high AGE food to go with your cheeseburger. Makes sense. 
Okay, now we're going to try to hopefully uh, draw this down so that we can look at an application. Now, I, I love the book's uh, food guide just simply because it actually tells you uh, the foods to select, uh, preparation, things along that line, which is is perfect for this. Now let's talk about how do we cook these foods. Now, there's a lot of people that aren't going to give up meat. So how right. do we help protect yeah. these people? I totally understand that. In fact, when I first got involved with this project, I was thinking, oh boy, what have I gotten myself <laughs> into? Because I like grilled chicken too and mm. roasted chicken and, and things like that. And um, I'm thinking, is my food now going to be tasteless? And But I quickly discovered that, no, it doesn't have to be tasteless. In fact, it can be great. Um, AGE's uh, ageless cooking actually resembles Mediterranean cuisine. Interesting. Um, a lot of stewing, braising, um, you know, soups. Most people love soups. It doesn't mean that you have to give up that Thanksgiving turkey once a year, but trying to work more moist heat methods into your routine, like slow cooker meals, can be a very good solution. Um, you know, like a poached chicken with a cilantro sauce or, um, you know, all, uh, and papio cooking is also a very good way to to cook ageless meals because it traps the steam in that packet as it cooks and keeping in mind that water inhibits that reaction. So just learning to use more moist heat cooking methods, braising, you know, braised or stewed beef instead of roasted or grilled beef um, is a very good way to dramatically cut the AGEs in the diet. And in fact, in Dr. Lasara's studies, what they do is they just ask people to change their cooking method, nothing else. Um, and by doing this, most people can easily cut their AGEs in half. Wow. And they, they found that by doing this, you see drops in markers of inflammation, improvements in insulin resistance, you know, that sort of thing is, is an outcome that they have seen in the studies. Okay, so based upon that study, because a Weber Grill is not going to ever be happy with you guys. That's what I know. Mm -hmm. Okay. No. Uh, <laughs> Although there are some things you can do to when you are grilling. For instance, grill more vegetables uh, because vegetables, even though the AGE content will grow, will go up as you grill them, just like it does with meat, the amount of AGEs in grilled vegetables is minuscule compared to the AGEs in grilled chicken or beef. Okay, so, I mean, just the idea that we can take the average American, change how they prepare the food, and cut their AGEs in half, and affect their diabetes, heart disease, and other things that are affecting their health. That is, I think that's a message I think a lot of the listeners would actually pay attention to and go, well, I, I could do that. So let's take exactly. the average diet and uh, let's say that you were going to walk into their house and make some changes. What do we get rid of? What do we add in uh, utensils to allow them to cook that way? Well, basically, all you need is a pot to cook ageless. Well, a crock pot or a slow cooker is a very good utensil to have. A pressure cooker can also be a very good utensil to have for your kitchen. It traps in the moisture. So those are two right there. And then just a pot that you can boil or simmer or stew in, um, a Dutch oven that you can braise, make stews in. Um, you know, and if you were to go through a typical day with somebody, let's say, you know, we'd start with breakfast. And instead of frying that egg for breakfast – poach it. Um, we've got lots of different ways to poach um, eggs and, and do those kinds of recipes in the in this breakfast section of the book. There's all kinds of great, you can poach eggs in sauces, you can poach eggs and serve them with uh, over a bed of lettuce with a dressing as in a salad type meal. Um, 
for lunch instead of having something like a grilled chicken sandwich, you could do um, a poached chicken salad. So instead of using roasted chicken for the chicken salad, just use poached or steamed chicken. I mean, they're both real simple substitutions. Uh, is that also then boiled eggs? Just straight boiled uh, eggs? Yes, uh, boiled eggs are great. Because yes. that's, that's common. Um, yes. But how do we get the bacon people aboard? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I, we have discovered that microwaved bacon will have fewer AGEs than crisp fried in the pan. I, I'm amazed probably, with that. Yeah, really? Yeah, microwave, yeah, I, microwaving for some reason, uh, probably because it takes a lot less time to cook for one thing. Um, of course, microwaved meat is not very palatable, so I, it's not I, the thing we recommend. It's like, yeah, we have rubberized bacon. I don't know yeah, if we're going to get yeah. that one pulled off. Well, what if we add water to the pan? Does that help bacon? Does that help turkey bacon, things like that? Well, with the well, as far as the bacon, if you added water to the pan, you probably would not get your desired crispy outcome. No, you would so, not. No, you would not. Yeah, That's exactly right. I, I would say just eat it less often. And and use the like the turkey bacon and the vegetarian bacon are much lower in AGEs than the fatty pork bacon. And the leaner the bacon, the better it's going to be. However, if you cook it until it's very crispy, um, it's going to have a lot of AGEs. There's just no getting around it. So advanced glycation end products, that's the thing we're trying to eliminate. And I'm going to share something that none of the listeners know, which is that I used to sell pressure cookers uh, oh. during college because I needed money and um, for society cookware in Muncie, Indiana. So I used to sell China cookware, uh, flatware, stoneware, and uh, you can tell because I can still roll it <laughs> off. For girls that were 18 years old, but pressure cookers were really big back then. And honestly, it, it all makes sense to me. They are a bit expensive. They do last a lifetime, but they're basically almost no water cooking, um, and they're safe, and, well, and uh, they and, use very right, little and, energy. Right, and they hold the steam in, and that's yes, the important point from an AGE standpoint. And they cook very quickly. That helps, too, because the longer a food cooks, mm -hmm. the more the AGEs will form. Hmm. So if you have a well-done steak, for instance, because it cooks longer, it's going to have many more AGEs than a rare steak. Yep, that makes sense. And rare is right up my alleyway, that's for sure. How about uh, circulators? You know, where you know, got a vat of water, put the circulator in, and they put them in a plastic bag, and they cook them that way. That's kind of popular amongst a bunch of the yuppies. Oh, you mean like a sous vide? Yeah. Yeah, we haven't tested sous vide cooking, but it does make sense because you are you're holding the water in, so it does make sense that it would be a lower AGE cooking method. All right, so we got we got one thing there. Okay, <laughs> is there um when we look at meats and things like that, is that where also the whole issue of beef being? Uh, I mean, you, it doesn't matter who you read; they all say, "Hey, chicken, fish, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera, stay away from beef. Is that somewhat related with the glycation problem? Yeah, that's what that in, that article that intrigued me so long ago um, brought up, that maybe red meat is such an issue with diabetes and other chronic diseases because of the AGEs. Because, Makes sense. Uh, yeah, of all foods, red meat forms more AGEs than others. Yeah, it was interesting. I, I can't remember, um, I think, the China study. They had done that research in Korea. And uh, most all their cows are organically grown, and they found the exact same pattern going on. Um, I can't think of his name. He's uh, he's out of Princeton. 
Uh, but was that the Colin Ch- Campbell you're yes, talking about? Yeah, T. Yeah. Colin Campbell. Uh, right. Absolutely. And as, as I'm sure you already know, T. Colin Campbell is the one that came up with the pyramid system 40 years ago and then spent 40 years trying to get us to stop using it because it's crazy. <laughs> according, right. according to him, he, he said, I was a farmer, thought everything had to be what a farm was back then and, and go from there. But So that does make sense, doesn't it? And it's possibly relates to also pork itself and those types of meats. So is... Does this push us closer to, hey, the more vegan or vegetarian we approach ourselves, we are going to probably be healthier, not only for the nutritional value, but also for this reason? Yeah, definitely. It makes a case for the plant-based diet in that what we recommend is at least three-quarters of the plate should be plant foods. And that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, that makes and sense. It really for just about every disease you can think of, um, a plant-based diet seems to be very, very preventive. Yeah, absolutely. It was always funny because when I go over and visit my uh, my wife's family in England, they would always say, well, this is what you're going to get, and you got to like it. And I said, what's that? And it says, yeah, we got one meat and three veg. That's every dinner, there you go. and that's it. And that's actually that plate. And that was taught right. to them from, from way back when because that was a healthier society. So it aligns with the glycation um, issue. So that makes sense to me. Right. It just seems like these AGEs are one more reason why it makes sense to go with a more plant-based diet. Well, do you think that the sous vide and things like that that are starting to come out, uh, maybe it's through utensils and cookware that makes it – uh, taste good, healthier, and easier to cook. That might be the avenue that we'll be able to get change. Oh, oh, absolutely. The easier it is, of course, the more likely people are are going to be doing it. But we found that ageless cooking really is quite simple. A lot of family favorites, skillet dinners, for instance, where you're using a small amount of meat, a lot of vegetables mixed in it with some kind of a sauce, are, are a very good solution for ageless eating. Hmm. And so really, if all you have is a skillet, you can certainly get started. So we don't have to worry about the crickets, right? Because, you know, they're trying to push the crickets down for the protein yeah. now. And that's that's going to yeah. be a tough one for me. Yeah, that's for me, too. I've actually <laughs> tasted some, some cricket Cheetos, and I wasn't I wasn't pleased. But they've got cricket flour now. So yeah, you, can make, yeah. you can bake everything with it because yeah, then it would it be high protein. Like, it tastes like cricket flour. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Anyhow. That's a little off the uh, off course. Yes. But, yes, it is. <laughs> but let's talk about application. If we're going to go out to eat, how do we apply the ageless diet? Well, that's actually we did a whole chapter on that in in the in the big book, Doctor Vassar's Ageless Diet, mm-hmm. and it's actually not that difficult because just about every restaurant that you go to has got something. That, for instance, Asian restaurants they do a lot of steaming. If you wanted a stir fry, you could ask for it steamed instead of stir fried in a bunch of oil. They've got a lot of fish dishes, and fish and seafood are going to be for people who eat meat or meat substitutes like fish. Um, Fish is going to be a lot lower in AGEs than chicken or beef or pork. So that's that's a, a good option for people who like meat. Perfect. Uh, how about uh, use of cooking oils? Are there specific cooking oils that, w- frankly, are a little less da- dangerous? Is olive oil less dangerous? Is Yeah, olive oil is the one that we recommend because it does seem to be the lowest in AGEs. It's, uh, you know, if you're getting an, a cold-pressed extra virgin olive oil, 
it's going to be minimally processed. It's basically olive juice that's had some of the water removed from it. Um, so, and it's also got some antioxidants and phytonutrients in it. So it's, it's the best option that we've found for um, ageless cooking. And we also recommend not heating oils very much because the more you heat them, uh, the more they oxidize and the more AGEs will form. And you may have noticed sometimes when, when you're cooking with oil, it can turn brown if you apply too much heat to it. Um, that's an indicator those AGEs are forming. Makes sense, makes sense. And and it makes sense that the olive oil, because it has a tendency to um, uh, fight against turning brown very easily, it's very difficult to get it to turn unless you're you're combining it or just frying with it, I, I found over a period of time. So that makes sense. And the Mediterranean diet and those other diets do push the olive right. oil being a, a very positive oil to use if you're going to and you have to. Because the thing I think about steaming is, uh, you get the flavor of the vegetables, but we have a society that has sugared, salted, peppered, seasoned, MSG'd, and every other possible uh, element to make it taste like zing into our tongues. And that has yeah. created this, if it doesn't taste zing, I'm not eating it. And that's part of this has always been, hey, get your kids back to eating pure foods. They get used to them, and oddly enough, they don't want the other seasoning. But we've, we've, I would say, we've addicted our society to it. What, what's, uh, what do you guys think? Oh, that's such an excellent point because you're right. Um, I know that here in the South, um, the way that people often serve vegetables is they're just so gooped up in casseroles or sauces, you can't even find the vegetables, much less taste. <laughs> There's them. one in there. I, I, I yeah. put one in. You just gotta find it. <laughs> yeah, and, and that that's a problem that we we really alter our taste buds to the point where our taste threshold for real food is just gone. Yep. And we have got to ratchet that back down and it can be done. You know, we just have to start simplifying the way that we eat and just say no to these processed foods and all of these food additives that sugar, salt, fat, and AGEs that get added to them. I agree. Uh, is there anything uh, positive about sea salt comparison to conventional salt or <clears throat> things such as honey in comparison to straight uh, fructose or, or glucose? Well, both are, are more, they're more whole foods than, you know, when you buy the table salt that's that they typically sell yeah, in sodium grocery chloride, store. Right. Made in a right. Lab, it's right. very, very yeah. purified. Yeah. Whereas sea salt is just evaporated seawater, and so therefore it's got a, a better balance of minerals that are mm -hmm. naturally occurring in the sea. Yeah. And the same thing with honey; it's got a better balance of nutrients that would occur naturally in a in a sweetener. Okay. All right. Uh, we're going to be drawing to a, a close, uh, Sandra. But l let me ask you this: uh, If you were um, Going in, back into that same people, a person's house, and you've you've brought in the uh, steamer and the other things that are necessary, the slow cookers, which are a bit on the expensive side, but very good. Um, is there anything else that you would add to our discussion that, uh, besides, let's make sure we uh, let them know where to buy the books? Uh, and I would highly recommend the food guide because it's small enough that they can take it with them. I think they're very valuable, and often they just buy the book, don't end up adding the food guide. I think that's a mistake, uh, in my opinion. But what's the what other thing did we not cover that you think we really should say to the audience? Uh, well, one thing is that when people are cooking, um, recognizing the importance of uh, AGE deterrence, and that would be acid. For instance, if you're grilling a steak, 
if you marinate it first in an acidic marinade that's got either wine or lemon juice or vinegar in it, that will help reduce the formation of those AGEs during cooking. Very insightful. And then that's lemons and limes? Yes, yes, anything acidic. And by the same token, if you're making a, a stew and it's got a tomato-based sauce on it, the acid in the tomatoes will also help inhibit AGE formation. Well, you know, that is very much Mediterranean. I mean, the lemons, limes, and olive oil, and all that it just makes sense. It really does. Exactly. You know, and, and that's one, you know, Dr. Lassar, she's from Greece, um, and, and she believes that you know, a lower AGE content to the diet of the Mediterranean regions is one reason why the diet is so healthy. You know, I'm playing through my mind over the years of interviewing everything from the Atkins diet to paleo diet to a lot of the diets that have come out. And it's very interesting that as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking of exactly how this glycation probably interacts with all those diets and is probably part of what's making them successful in a few areas and very unsuccessful in other areas. I think this is a key. I think this is actually, I'm hoping that there will be a series of these books and hopefully uh, an application of identifying utensils uh, that they can buy at certain places that can be easily applied in the homes with your books. I just kind of think that it's got to be easy because if it's not easy, nobody's changing. And if they don't see the reason, they're not changing. And and that's one reason why people can be put off AGEs. It's a relatively complex science. Um, But if you boil it down to its essence, it's really quite simple. It's all about understanding that it's mostly a plant-based diet and that you want to learn how to apply more more moist heat cooking in your daily diet. Okay. Uh, Where do we get the books? You can get them online at Amazon, at uh, national bookstores such as Barnes & Noble nationwide, um, so they're, they're widely available. Excellent. Excellent. Sandra, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to covering Dr. Vlasara's Ageless Diet. We hope to have you back. We'll have Q&A session at a later date of questions that are going to pop in. We hope that you'll make yourself available as a special guest whenever questions come in about this, because this is something we want to get behind, because inner, I would love to see the day that they're talking about the advanced glycation end processes within other diets too, just because then you know you've made the impact that you've been shooting for for the last 20, 30 years. And we sure appreciate that because any anti-inflammatory diet should include ageless cooking principles. 100%. Thank you so much. Uh, It was my pleasure. My pleasure too. Thank you so much. Another good author interview. Yep. See, and I'm glad you explained things up front that AGE actually stood for something because that made much more sense to me. I thought you'd sent this book over as a fake book just talking about how old I was. But no, I don't it really have, was about something interesting. I talk about how old you are all the time. But. <laughs> Bam, my back. We're doing a whole program on how old Dr. B is. Right. Anyhow, Sandra Woodruff, I think she did a really good job. I, I think what's key in this is um, – the advanced glycation end products is really has to do with um, the where you would prepare foods. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be interrelated to all all diets. So it doesn't yeah. matter if we're kind talking of about a paleo. Right. Yes, yeah. it is. Which is super interesting, right? It's not, it's not like an independent by itself as right. much as it um, was presented. I think it is kind of – it integrates to everything. So mm-hmm. really understanding the advanced glycation end products and how you prepare foods, no matter what diet you're on – 
this really needs to be understood. Right. Absolutely. It's kind of like a basic building block. So once you decide how you want to eat or how your body performs best, which which eating plan works for you, then mm-hmm. there's always the, and then how do I make my food? Yeah. How, do, how do I pick it out? And then how do I make it? Yeah. And, so yeah, and, perfect. And even though I've heard this information over a period of time, a good example of a change of application was simply one thing. And that was um, turkey sausage with my boiled eggs I have every morning and I prepare them on Sundays before football. Um, instead of now actually putting in a dry pan, you know what here. Sunday's about, right? That's what you do when you're old. Anyhow, um, uh, nice. we actually put water in the bottom of the skillet and then we cook them that way. Mm-hmm. And why? We're not going to get near as much damage. And yeah. it, so Better immediately change some things there and also move me forward on a few other yeah. steps. So yeah. And easy choices too. I don't too. know how to do steaks that way. Oh my gosh, that's a killer. Well, literally. I I'm just like. no. <laughs> going to sacrifice on Friday night. I was going to so say, maybe, say, yeah, cheat day. That's, yeah, that's we all it. have those. But so. it did change multiple other things, including how I even ordered some of my foods mm-hmm. when I did go out to eat mm-hmm. last evening. Really? Isn't that the Yeah, that's yeah, very so good. Yeah, so I want to th- thank Sandra for uh, changing my habits. <laughs> I love it. And that's, okay. what we're here, that's what we're here to do. That's right. I Hopefully you enjoyed that, and hopefully you see how that will apply to no matter what diet – this is good information. So we want to thank Miss Woodruff. She had mentioned that Dr. Uh, is it Velasara mm-hmm. uh, was looking mm-hmm. at maybe joining us for some brief question and answer. So we'll look forward to that in the future, too. Sounds good. Amy Baker, Dr. Sean Benzinger. Humarian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts. For the well-being of yours. That's right. Thanks for having the guts to listen to the Humarian Health Podcast. If you have things you'd like to gut check, send us an email at gutcheck at humarian.com. Mm-hmm.